WBT Productions presents Hosh Rubat, Episode 6, Water Magic and Queen Adara, Part 2. General Amaral of the Rubahali was a strategist. He almost never did anything without having thought it over, planned it out, gone over it in his mind, then changed it once or twice before considering it a sound plan. He knew an attack on Hoshrubat would require a strategy that was flawless in every way. Failure would mean even more than defeat. It meant eradication. It had been a long time since he had seen behind the walls of his former home. Having been banished many years ago, he was left with only hazy recollections of its design. Therefore, an assault on every side would be needed. His strategy would have to be all or nothing. Risky, but if executed properly, it would prove the only way to mentally outmatch the enemy. Luckily, Amaral was the best at what he did. There was one more factor he knew he could use to his advantage. King Batras Wise and his militia had no desire to see or know the world outside of their walls. As such, they should have no knowledge of the degradation of the Wall of Fire. Aside from the arrival of the new charges once a year, no Hashrubian has set foot in the sands of Ruba Khali since its establishment. Furthermore, the chances of any of their kind leaving the safe haven of the kingdom in a time of crisis would be close to none. Perhaps the king would spare one or two pawns to investigate his own wall's weakening, but the Hashrubians would not be anticipating an attack from the Ruba Khali, nor, Amaral reasoned, would they plot a seizure of their own. Therefore, his first decision would be put into immediate effect. He would begin by sending his warriors through the gap in the wall into the lands beyond. He expected more than a few of his men to meet an almost immediate death, and he could only guess as to how difficult it would be to breach the wall even with the growing void. However, it was the only option available to him if he wished to put his plan into action. Then there was the queen, who was often bored by such trivialities as strategies and tactics. She would quickly lose all patience for his carefully laid plans, often shunting his sound ideas for more radical ones. Knowing this about her, he planned to only involve the queen in as minimal capacity as possible, which is to say, not at all. Well, once he had his full army at the ready, then he might bring her up to speed. He was loyal to his queen and loved her to the depths of his very soul. But he also knew, true as all creation, she frightened the hell out of him.
Adara examined the wound upon her forearm, the only spot that had been seared by the Jin's fire. I can barely feel it. She laughed. <laughs> Must be all the excitement. <laughs> she smiled as she began to move toward the fiery vortex. You won't touch me again. The creature opened a mouth, revealing no more than a void, black as pitch. If I were to leap inside that hole you call a mouth, she shouted at the creature, would I simply burn or meet a more obscene fate? Of course, it did not answer. Instead, it struck, sending a blast of molten heat right at her. She would have been completely incinerated had it hit her. She whispered. She mumbled the words to a spell that cast a blast of icy air back at the djinn. It had neither the speed nor cunning to dodge her attack. A hideous screech emanated from its maw. She smiled and ran her tongue across her lips. If it had blood, that is. She wasn't sure, and she didn't care. Shame that General Amarold was not there to see her victory. She used to enjoy when he watched, but as of late, it seemed all his attention was put upon that damn wall. To be fair, the thought of freedom from this place was a tantalizing prospect. There was also the matter of these damned djinns to contend with. This one had done some serious damage before she found it. She continued her barrage of icy blasts until the creature's flame began to fade. She moved closer. Won't Amaro be impressed to see what I've accomplished, she thought. Badisa strained under the force of the spell as Luca looked on from the opposite side of the room. This attack spell was one of many used to train Hoshrubians who sought to advance their skills. Luca stepped toward the band of water suspended before the princess. Focus, Badisa. Narrow the stream. Make it like a thread about to be put through the eye of a needle. Badisa leaned forward, sweat forming across her brow. The attack spell was a common one, though rarely used in practice. It was a way to focus the moisture within the air into a single line of condensed matter, which would then be used to pierce the body of an enemy. Though she was adept at the manipulation of water, these attack spells seemed to be the most difficult for Vanessa, as she had not been trained in tactical arts. Traditionally, there was simply no need for the princess to engage in combat. With her new path to the crown set, however, it had become a necessity. Can you feel it? Luca screamed. Vanessa could barely hear him over the roaring in her ears. Breathe, she thought. It was good advice. 
She began to focus on nothing else, and soon, all else faded within her. Very soon, she was back in control. She opened her eyes. The narrow line of water thrust forward, tearing a hole into the wall opposite her. The stream then faded. She stood, gazing at her own handiwork. Luca approached the wall. He leaned over, peered through the pinhole in the stone. A thin beam of light shone through. Upon writing himself, he turned to her and smiled. Very nice. He went to her. Though you ought to have brought your breath under control much sooner. The end result is impressive. I could see it. She said. It was like... The wall wasn't the wall. It was like something living. An enemy. Her excitement abated. I've never felt that way before. It's a new world you're entering, princess. Luca took her hand. And one which must come easy for you if you are to eventually rule. Power must become second nature. Although we have seen only peace for some time, that does not mean it will always be there. Someday. He released her hand as his words trailed off. That's good for today. He turned his body noticeably sagging. The princess looked at Luca, the burden of his position visible upon his tired face. She had always seen him as a man of power who could withstand anything. Odd how perceptions change depending upon the situation. A slight apprehension grew inside her. She would soon have to take her father's place. Then, she would have to face not only the responsibility of the position, but also the burden of her knowledge of her mother's letter. She wondered if she would ever be able to tell her father what she now knew. Would it kill him to have your child know the things that you did in the name of prosperity? Only a few knew of the room hidden deep inside Hashruba. King Batras Wise and advisor Luca were among these few. Completing the list were General Kopala and a few trusted men, the ones in charge of Hashruba's security. It was these last few, for the most part, who would utilize said room. It was the only known path to the outside world. 
Of course, this was before the new and frightening, ever-widening gap appeared within the kingdom's walls. Perhaps if the king's mind had not been so concerned with his daughter's training, and Lucas, with his visions of the apocalypse, either might have noticed Kopala's prolonged absence. As it were, the question of the general's absence would soon cease to be relevant. A single pool of water, smooth as glass, occupied the otherwise empty room. The still silence of the room gave the chamber a tranquil, otherworldly quality. All of this changed when a hand burst through the surface, then grasped onto the side of the pool. A moment passed, then a second hand appeared as well. Like the first, it broke through the water's surface and latched onto the poolside. A few more seconds passed before the rest of Kopala's body emerged from the water. He pulled himself free from the water and crashed onto the stone floor. He took in several deep breaths, then slowly brought himself under control. His breathing stabilized as he slowly came to his feet, wiping the excess water from his face. He staggered to the nearby wall and leaned against it. The king must know. This was the only thought in the general's mind. The mystery behind the failing walls was not the only problem they were to face. War was coming. His conversation in the dark forest indicated as much. Their people had spent too long behind the walls. They were too detached from the world around them. Discontent was on the rise among those who lived beyond them, and chaos was soon to follow. Unfortunately, his people were not prepared for war. Fortunately, however, Kopala knew a way to counter this. It would take King Batras some convincing, but these were desperate times. The Winjados, he thought. The elite of Hushrubian military might, each warrior with their own unique power. Though their assembled force had not been called upon for decades, Kopala knew that it was only with the Winjado's skill that Hoshruba could ever hope for victory in combat. They were the masters of Hoshrubian magic. United, they would halt any threat that rose against Hoshruba and her people. But first, he had to find them. This has been Hoshruba, Episode 6, Water Magic and Queen Adara, Part 2, created by WBT Productions, written by Brent Beebe, produced by Farouk Shah Khan, directed by Elia Rep Hernandez, 
Sound mixer and sound editor, Andrew Jordan. Sound recordist, Jensen Young. Sound mixer, post sound, and sound editor for credits, Sophie Huang. Narrated by Darren Johnson. Voiceover artists, Danielle Barcena as Queen Adara. Bruce Kaplan as Luca. Jeffrey Gilbert as General Kapala. Brenda Yanez as Princess Bedisa. Credits voice by Steve Gray. Stay tuned for Episode 7, The Queen's Secret. <laughs>